0: Hello and welcome to the Cat Master Day Chronicles. We have exciting, interesting and powerful stories from cat owners about well-being. I'm your host, Michelle Adams, the founder of Chatty Cats Care, a professional cat sitting company. Join me as I dive deep into conversation with cat owners about their individual journeys. Tune in every Wednesday for a new episode. This episode is brought to you by Chatty Cats Care, London's professional cat sitting company. Hello and welcome to the Cat Mass Day Chronicles podcast episode 30. This week we are joined by the multi-talented and ever so impressive Tom Cooper. He calls himself a jack of all trades and a master of none and I love that. But Tom wears many hats, including being a composer, songwriter, musician, producer, mix and mastering engineer, to name a few. Tom is a mostly self-taught musician who learned how to play by ear. Tom's own songs as well as his productions for other artists have been featured on many TV and film networks such as BBC, Channel 4, Film 4, Discovery Network and Netflix to name a few. He's also written a book titled Music Production for Songwriters and Artists which is generously free to download from his website. Tom is also a pup dad to Star Pig, The Sweet blue staffy rescue. So thank you so much for joining us today Tom. Um cool. thank you for giving me your time. I know you're probably as busy <laughs> as ever. Um <laughs> Could you please tell the listeners a little bit more about yourself please?
1: Yeah, I mean I don't I don't think there's any need to. You've you've done it all. <laughs> no. Um I mean I'm I'm music. It's just the, the broad way of describing myself is musician. Um, that that kind of encompasses everything about me, really. Um, not only from my from a professional standpoint, but also uh, it's quite a good way of describing me as a person. <laughs> really, um, I'm a yeah, I'm a I'm a creative guy, but um, not in uh, sort of left field and wacky way that you might expect uh, <laughs> from, <laughs> from some musicians yeah um yeah i i enjoy um i enjoy doing lots of different things in the industry um and for myself uh i'm i'm maybe to my detriment not solely focused on any one thing which uh, is is great and gives me lots of variation but it also means that i maybe don't um see things through enough I guess <laughs> and and as for uh Star Pig which is the most important thing my Aww. lovely Staffy then uh she um yeah well we'll, we'll get on to that later
0: oh <laughs> bless as for not seeing things through I feel like this is just such a common theme with creative people like I feel like that myself I feel like I always have like all these different little projects on the go. And it's like, I get so excited by them. And then like, I realize, hang on, I'm just one person. How am I going to deal with all these things that I'm doing right now? And all the creative people I speak to are kind of like, I guess in the same, in the same kind of bracket, like they're, they're just so busy all the time with so many different things. Um, Especially musicians I find um, often say that to me actually.
1: Um. So well, yeah. I think now now more than ever um, obviously we're in we're in the middle of the what is this lockdown 3.0 at the moment I think <laughs> yeah. it is um, and um, I think for musicians in particular uh, maybe not in particular maybe it's just because of the echo chamber that I'm in but work has just disappeared for everyone For 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 so many people that aren't you know doing it as a, a working with huge huge people uh, there'll be a million people that, that write in and say no that's not true i've never been busy or whatever but i've found that of my my gang and my my friends people are people are really uh well there's two things one they're not doing the job that they used to do anymore from live li- live music has disappeared has just mm. gone there's been no live music for pretty much a year now um and i can't see that changing within the next few months so those hmm. guys suddenly don't have anything to do fortunately i kind of got out of that that job it's all i used to do but um i got out of that job a little while ago um and so in in one way it's like oh no that's that is awful that people's livelihoods have gone but then but then equally you you speak to people and they go oh yeah i've just started writing this folk meets. Hip hop album, you're like, Oh, cool, that sounds great. And then you speak to them a week later and they're like, Yeah, that didn't take off. So now I'm doing a <laughs> blog on on this and the other. And you're, oh cool, yeah, yeah. And then you speak to them a week later and oh no, it didn't work out. Oh, but <laughs> I've just started this, you know, it's just on ongoing. So uh I think as creative people, we will just naturally want to try new things and do yeah. new things. And uh if it works, it works, if it doesn't, or or if you don't enjoy doing it, then no harm done, really.
0: And what um, better time than now?
1: Exactly. exactly. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so let's kick things off by going all the way back to your childhood. Your dad was a musician. Your mum was a dancer. So you've been surrounded by music for most of your life. What was it like growing up in such a creative household?
1: Well, it was normal. I, I, and I don't okay. mean that as in like, oh, it felt normal to me uh, although it did feel very normal to me and, yeah. and performing was was just normal and and creativity was normal I mean that my parents never pushed it they never ever ever said you have to learn an instrument you have to get on stage and do a thing what I mean is they got us through school and did, you know I've got two sisters they're twins they're five years older than me and they we did do these things because we saw our parents doing them, and and so mm. we just, you know, that, that when that's all you've got, uh, and that's your main influences, then you do just you do you do what your parents do, and, um. So, they yeah they never they never ever ever once said to any of us you have to go and do this I don't know to my to to my sister Bex uh, they never said you have to do ballet. They never said to me, "You have to learn the guitar." They just didn't do it they just we we had an incredibly normal upbringing that also happened to be in a creative household um so yeah that was it was it was all pretty normal that that's the best way I can describe it,
0: yeah. No, I think that's the best way and not to push because, for example, I'm thinking of, you know, artists like the late Michael Jackson, whose father, uh, you know, was kind of known for really pushing him and, you know, his siblings Mm. into becoming performers. And um, I think that's such an unhealthy way to kind of push a child into doing something they love or you know, grow to love because mm. then it becomes something else. you know, it becomes it becomes something you have to do. like it feels like schoolwork, yeah. you know, rather than something that can come organically and naturally,
1: totally, totally. And I mean, well, everyone has seen the the very public uh, display of the Jackson family and what what's happened with them. and and you think, fair enough they are incredibly talented all of them yeah absolutely incredibly good at what they do and and but you think at what cost Uh, Mm. you know Mm -hmm. for the for the people's sanity and happiness and health and that the thing is it's not only going to affect those kids is it as in the the father's kids Mm -hmm. it was joe jackson wasn't it yeah yeah Yeah, i believe that yeah Um, it's not going to affect michael and janet and jermaine it's it's going to affect michael jackson's kids janet jackson's mm-hmm. kids, all of, and and then that will have an effect on those kids and that will mm-hmm. and it's just it it's it's fairly unbelievable i mean we need we need creative people and we need talented people in the world but when it's yeah when it's to the detriment of of people's sanity and health then that's no good that's not good for anyone
0: absolutely it's that ripple effect isn't it
1: Mm, totally
0: so the first instruments you actually learned were the cello and the trombone is that right why did you decide yeah why did you decide (laughs) to learn these particular instruments
1: well the che- the cello's an easy one um my sister was learning it and i think probably by the time that i started learning it i was maybe 7 or so um this obviously we we well, well we had a piano in the house and i used to just sort of bash it around on that and had recorder lessons and things like mm-hmm. that i think they do ukulele now instead of recorder which is so yeah
0: funny. i know <laughs>
1: but the cello my my sister played so I guess when I was seven she would have been around 11 or 12 and so she was she was quite advanced by that point maybe like grade four or so and so I would have started out with with that um and the trombone I seem to remember my pals at school um Charlie Sainsbury and Owen Botting uh (laughs) blast from the past um they had both shown an interest in trombone for some reason I don't know why and, <laughs> and I just thought oh yeah well that's another half an hour out of the usual school yeah, time so yeah. I'm just gonna go and do that as well with my mates <laughs> and so I did for maybe a couple of years and then stopped doing it because I wasn't actually that interested in trombone um but cello I kept going until I was about uh, 12 or so I think 12 okay. or 13 yeah
0: oh brilliant yeah do you know it reminds me of the time- So in school, I think it was year seven, um, all of the music kind of lessons had been booked up by everyone, like the lessons that I wanted to take, which I think was piano, I think one of them was cello as well, but they were all booked, and the only instrument left was tenor horn, Um, and I I took it. (laughs) It was bigger than me, by the way. I was so tiny back then. Like honestly, I carry this massive case and like people looking at me like, what on earth is that? And um, it was awful. I absolutely hated it. I think after oh, the no. first two, and the teacher was awful as well. Like he was really oh pressurizing and pushed me in. and and then i said to him you know honestly i think this instrument isn't for me and then i remember yeah. him just getting so angry and he actually he was like you're pathetic and i was like oh, oh. yeah 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 i couldn't believe it and like i told my mom and she was just like well you know you you have to pick one thing because the thing at the time i think i was in choir i was doing so many different things like i said right you know, creatives we can't pick just one thing there has to be many but um yeah I think that really um it knocked me a bit and then I was kind of nervous um to start another instrument again after that um yeah yeah so uh um I'd never learned but I i still I mean you know I believe that we can continue to learn um you know even yeah. as adults so I think if I could yeah. learn I'd like to learn you know guitar and bass because my partner plays bass and um uh, he's quite good at it so I think you know cool. having someone there who can actually teach me would be uh, yeah. amazing
1: <laughs> yeah definitely definitely oh that's such a sad story about your teacher I mean I know that is, not the, that is not the way to encourage people to play not
0: at all, at all. <laughs> not at all but you yeah. live and you learn <laughs> yeah
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah
0: exactly so like myself you came from an acting singing and performing background would you say that that experience shaped you helped shaped you as a child um, into the person that you are today
1: yeah i think i'm not i'm not necessarily naturally sorry you can probably hear star Pig in the background Brian, by the way she's uh, she just wants to join in the conversation um, <laughs> uh, it, i promise it's star Pig, it's not me um but, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah i i don't think i'm necessarily i'm 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 not a show off i'm not i'm not no. i'm definitely not one of those people i'm way more comfortable and happy in a conversation that's one-on-one or, you know, a a few people over for dinner or a a handful of people in a pub rather than getting up and being the centre of attention in front of, I don't know, doing a best man speech or something like that.
0: Oh, me too. Oh um, no.
1: Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't necessarily enjoy it. So, but having, so, so speaking in front of people, as far as cuz cuz you are the the question was about coming from an acting mm-hmm. and singing and performing background when it's when it's performing which i guess you could see a best man speech as that or or whatever or or even you know telling a story or yeah. anything like that in 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 front of a big group of people i hate it i really really hate it <laughs> um but um as far as like actually performing is concerned I it's second nature to me I don't I don't even I don't think about it I don't get nervous or it's very rare that I get nervous with that and shaping me as a person I think it's it's my natural instinct is to um only want to go and speak to one other person if if there if if I am at a party or whatever or or, or there's a big group of people I'd far rather just sit and talk to one or two people that are mm. right next to me than yeah tell to, you know you you see some people that are just incredible at storytelling or joke telling or anything like that that's not me that's absolutely yeah. not me um <laughs> so I'm not sure it did uh sort of shape me into into being any sort of person well I'm sure it would have done but but in not not in a way that actually me as as a person is concerned uh does that make sense it does
0: yeah for me i'm getting that it kind of shaped you in a sense that you were you grew confidence which i think is the kind of best side of performing because you're when you perform you're thrown into the deep end you know and you're faced with an audience and um you can either freeze or you can kind of channel that inner performance or inner kind of like performer within yourself and yeah. I think it's a great way to grow confidence because I was incredibly shy and um, I'm right. not like a, I'm just like you like I prefer small groups I prefer one-to-one yeah. interactions hence why I have a podcast and not a YouTube channel yeah. because I yeah, can hide yeah. behind the screen <laughs> 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 but um what I meant by that question I guess is like that it kind of helped you to become a confident person and it it gave you that kind of push maybe and push to be in front of it well it's out of your comfort zone a little bit when you're performing isn't it because you, yeah, you're yeah, faced with I, with people
1: that that's that is absolutely right but I but I and and I do I do agree with it but I don't think as far as a performance side of it was concerned I can't remember so I used to act in in local amateur dramatic things and yeah. things of such a cool kid. Um or in the school plays or whatever. Yeah. And um and I never got nervous. And I don't know if it's because I did grow up in in a household where you know, where performance was a thing. I think I was I was able to sort of um I really hope this is making sense. I was able mm-hmm. to to um uh, maybe for pals that pals of mine at school who hadn't grown up in that environment, and yeah. were like, oh my god, you've got to get in, get up on stage and sing or talk or dance in front of people or whatever. That was that was like, oh my god, I'm I'm this person. This is me, and all of my friends are seeing me doing this. This is so embarrassing, or what, or whatever it might think. Mm-hmm. My thing was like, oh, I need to perform a song. I need to perform this script in front mm-hmm. of people and I was able to just sort of go well that's a different thing that's me acting as some as something else that's not wow. me being me and I remember that from quite a young age being able to just sort of think well yeah it's not it's not Tom Cooper it's not it's not me it's 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 me being whoever what whatever the the thing was e- even if it was me singing a song or anything like that um so yeah I'm not I haven't really answered your question
0: no you did Uh, it made sense it made sense to me anyway Tom so yeah I completely get what you're saying and I think yeah probably your kind of like upbringing definitely contributed to that probably I'm thinking Mm. because I think most people I know um didn't kind of like have that kind of inclination until they were a little bit older um i don't know or when they become an adult that's how i feel anyway that's what it was like for me i don't know about anyone else i can't obviously talk about anybody else's experience but for my own personally i think i was very self-conscious until i got a little bit older and understood right but yeah that's that's really cool
1: i've I've, just just to sort of go on from that a little bit i i so i'm 33 now um, I think hang on yeah 34, 34. <laughs> and I um, I still play I, every now and again I'll play gigs or, or things like that and um, it will be just a, a you know a standard gig that might yeah. just be a wedding or something like that where you know with as, as we'll probably get onto this in a bit but I've done a lot of a lot of that sort of thing and I'm like I'm playing with other 30 year olds 35 40 year olds and they're nervous as hell and you're like really oh, I that, that just that 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 completely baffles me i <laughs> i think the only the last time i got nervous playing in front of of anyone was i did a very 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 intimate gig probably a, about 10 years ago now where mm-hmm. i was playing my own songs in a in a one of these classic music venues in london i think it was in hammersmith somewhere okay. and um oh, sorry my off. Watch- and um there was only there was only like 20 people there that's all that could fit in the venue sat a- at tables yeah having a glass of wine having a pint or whatever and they were all there to sit and listen to the yeah. music and that's the last time that i remember being nervous on stage as as a performer because I was like oh man the, the, all of these all of these things that I'd never thought before I was like oh well that verse that I never rewrote and has just sort of stayed with me this whole time even though it doesn't really make sense these people are going to find me out they're going to know I'm fraud they're going to know that I can't <laughs> write lyrics whatever all of these <laughs> mad things just went through my head that Usually, you're just like, yeah, I'm playing in front of a people, and they're having a dance, and it's wicked, and and oh, look at that person; they're a bit too drunk. Um, <laughs> so, which is how I feel like every time I perf- I've I've ever performed in front of everyone. But then suddenly, when it's like, oh, these people are actually listening, and also, mm. I think because it was it was me, it was my it was a lot more of me rather than me being a performer or able to put on a persona, if you like. Yeah. Uh, not that I, I necessarily do that, but. That, that definitely made me nervous. That was that was a nerve wracking thing, and I didn't like it at all. Yeah. I know some people say like use that nervousness, use use the energy and 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 everything. I was it was so alien to me that I was like, oh my god, this is horrible. And I I, I think to myself, if people feel like this every single time they get up on stage, that must be horrendous. Mm. <laughs> um, so yeah. In my a way of, of shaping me. Sorry, say it again.
0: That imposter syndrome kicks in.
1: Oh, totally. Yeah, yeah. I did. <laughs> I did feel like that massively. But so I guess I guess. Sorry, this has been an incredibly long answer to, to your question. Oh. As far as sh- shaping shaping me like that, the 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 performing background did shape me in in certainly in my professional career in that in that way. Okay. I could have just said that, couldn't I? No. <laughs>
0: I preferred your first answer. (laughs) It was more interesting. (laughs) So let's go back a little bit. So in 1999, your dad taught you to play a legendary song on the bass. It was Fly Away by Lenny Kravitz. Why did he teach you this song in particular? And is there any meaning behind it for you today?
1: Well, um, my... I think my dad probably taught me that one because I'd, I'd sort of, there'd always been guitars lying around the house and everything. Okay. Um, and so I'd always just sort of played, played little, not having a clue what I was doing, but <laughs> so in 1999, I would have been 12. I remember it was September, 1999. So I'd just gone into uh, year eight at school. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, I'd express that, you know, guitars are cool when you're that age they, yeah. they they are well they're cool they're cool at any age I think but so I was I like, oh, yeah, I want to do this thing my dad plays a bass my dad plays a bass in a band and everything mm-hmm. he played in he played in a rock and roll and blues band oh um, cool but he was very into prog music as well and quite quite into musical he, he wrote a musical and things like that wow um, uh, and so I said can you teach me something and I don't know why he taught me that song because Mm. it's not as if he played it live or anything but I think he must have just gone oh well I need to I need to teach him something that isn't just the music that I play because otherwise he'll just find it boring or whatever (laughs) (laughs) and it won't be cool and so I think he probably maybe had heard that song a couple of times and 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 thought oh this, this sounds easy enough and he just taught taught it to me just playing it very rudimentary like on Mm. one string and showed it to me and and i i just i played it probably all night long um that same riff a very simple version of it yeah um and yeah so i think that's probably why why he taught me that song as as far as there being a meaning behind it for me today then then no not not really although I probably haven't heard it for for at least 10 years so so maybe (laughs) if I was to 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 hear it now then then it might do Uh, the uh, the only the only meaning it has for me is that I've got that memory of 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 that and it's something I'll never forget so I guess that is some sort of meaning
0: (laughs) yeah definitely definitely I think you kind of remember the first time you you learn anything really sometimes well I don't know even maybe if you really reflect and think about it, because you'd have to start somewhere. Sometimes it's hard to remember where you started when you're in the midst of something, but I think it's always nice to to look back.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it it is nice,
0: yeah. Yeah. What I really uh, respect about your musicianship is that you learn to play by ear, like you've just mentioned, you know, with your dad teaching you. And learning music by ear not only requires good listening skills, but recognizing rhythm melody and intervals between notes etc you know some people in the industry are really quite judgmental about musicians who learn to play by ear even though there's so many musical legends who have learned this way what's your opinion on this
1: well i mean i guess i i came from i came from a background of of learning being taught the cello but even even when so um Classical musicians often learn by rote, and that's it. that's all. Yeah. That's all I know. They read music, and and that's it. Um, not always the case, obviously, but that that is is mostly, quite often the case. Yeah. yeah. I even when I was learning cello, I was. I remember before I picked up the bass guitar. I, uh, there's there's a "Come As You Are" by Nirvana. The, mm-hmm. the bass riff on that. Do 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 do. I'd picked that out how to play that on cello and, and done my own sort of version of of that rather than just sitting and playing the scales and playing the nice bass. and I'd I'd quite often do that um so when it came to learning the bass I was I was like massively mad into red hot chili peppers when I was
0: a <laughs> just huge yeah, yeah, huge, yeah, yeah.
1: huge fan and um and I used I must have driven my parents and my sister's mental I used to get in from school and sit there with my CD player, my hi-fi and <laughs> sit with my bass and say, for example, I remember this very well as well. I think the second song that I learned and I taught myself was Other Side by the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Very simple. Dun, 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 you know, a simple version of it. Mm-hmm. And I, I would sit there with the remote control for my hi-fi in my right hand, play it for a couple of seconds pick out the notes uh you know press pause pick out the notes play it over a few times go on to the next thing and 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 just keep keep going with with that until eventually i'd learned the whole song um and uh, by by at some point um i'd worked out how to play a version of the whole album um wow it was it was i mean uh, when i say a version of it i mean i do mean as uh, a it was i could play it within the first sort of few months of me playing the bass so there's absolutely of course there's no way that i'm i'm playing to the levels and standards that uh, uh, an amazing player like flea is but mm-hmm. i was able to go oh i'm happy enough with this i'll get that technique at some point I'll, I'll i'll do the the more difficult bit that he's doing at some point and i did i just used to sit and and do that and then i wouldn't just do it with red Hot chili peppers albums i'd do it with muse albums or led zeppelin or beatles or whatever any any band that i was listening to at the time um and that 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 alone gave me an incredible uh i guess schooling on 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 music and 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 it meant that my technique wasn't great it meant that I did some weird things that when I got a bit more formal training uh, I found quite difficult to change my habits and everything but we'll again we'll probably get onto that a little bit later yeah um but more than anything it gave me a a, a really good uh grounding for being able to um improvise or blag even I I'd, I'd just I'd be able to listen to a thing recognize what might be coming and 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 do the thing and i think um taking absolutely nothing away from classically trained musicians because a lot of the the, it, it amazes me a lot of the things that they they um they can do um and and having having that grounding in in and and that background of music is amazing but you you if you say to them can you jam along to this or can you you put something to this they they can't do it they they actually can't do it they the 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 idea of it is so alien to them that i don't I, i don't know it's a different it's a different sort of music making to me and and um it's not something that i'm i personally want to do myself um yeah, yeah. I, that's, again, a long, a long answer to that question. Um,
0: no, yeah, I agree. That's
1: kind of what I think about. Yeah,
0: yeah, I think, I think the ability to improvise is, is always, I don't know, I, I feel like it's an advantage because, you know, say, for example, you went, I don't know, for an audition And um, Mm. you were told, you were told to learn a piece of music and you did that. But then they were like, okay, we want to hear something different. And then you could just Mm. go off and do whatever comes to your head. But I guess if somebody who learned by rote and, and only kind of knows how to play via, you know, looking at a sheet of music... Mm. they're gonna really struggle so um I think yeah. you know maybe even just a combination of the two would work and I think yeah. that that's something that should totally. be taught you know when when yes. in schools even if you're learning music and that they shouldn't yeah. just push that you know reading music is the be all and end all and that's the only way to kind of learn so yeah
1: absolutely yeah because that's what music is a creative thing and if Absolutely. All, I mean, there are ways there are ways of being creative with with things that are written in front of you but there's only so many versions of a uh, a uh, uh, classically trained pianist yeah. playing the same the same pieces another 400,000 pianists before them have have played ex- literally exactly the same notes in mm-hmm. uh, I don't know it's um again I'm not taking anything away away from Their skill and and hard work but it's a different sort of music to me um yeah or a different sort of music making at least
0: yeah completely so talking about music making you played your first gig uh, on the year of the millennium night what was that like for you because that was the first time right that's the first time ever that you you did like you performed a gig
1: yeah, well, I think when I was when I was uh, in year 5 or 6 at school, then th- my school had put on a Beatles concert which was great uh, and so I think I I think I played John Lennon. I can't remember. Oh, nice. Um, yeah. Did I play John Lennon? Either John Lennon or George Harrison. So yeah. I, I you know, and I and as we've as we've touched on I've I've had a background in in performing and everything, but as far as like playing a guitar on a stage, I'd learned Fly Away in september of 99 and then so three months later i was playing my first gig it was completely with my family so my cousin ollie oh nice he plays he's a fantastic drummer he's a fantastic musician he um he played drums my sister emily was on keyboards and vocals and and ollie's sister uh charlie she was she was on uh vocals and guitar and yeah, we just played like six songs or something. Oh, um, brilliant! I seem to remember playing "Why Does It Always Rain on Me" uh, <laughs> by Travis. Yeah, and yeah, it was just fun. Again, I was able. To, I remember me and Ollie weren't nervous. Everyone else was very nervous, and <laughs> I, I just, I just remember being it being really fun. And loads of my pals were there. It was a great. It was it was great. It was really good fun. Oh, I can yeah, imagine. Enjoyed it fond memories of that
0: yeah oh so then you went on to uh, music college in Brighton to get your diploma in bass guitar and during this time you played in the live sector at events like weddings and parties which we kind of touched on earlier is this something that you were quite familiar with because you watched your dad do this um and what was it like for you
1: um, I mean, so, so the, the course itself, um, as, as you said, I, so this would have been in 2004, I went down to Brighton. So, uh, 2004, I would have been 17. Um, I, I started out doing A-levels and I didn't want to do A-levels, but my, my mum said, Oh, I think you should maybe go, go and do those <laughs> A-levels. Anyway, me getting my, me, me getting my way thinking that I knew best, um, yeah. just started not going to college, <laughs> Yeah. Or not going to sixth form. And and uh so eventually just just stopped stop when i was uh so that would have been the year before 2003 um and just did some work um painting and decorating for the rest of the year until i went off to music college and um funny enough I, I speak to those, to a lot of those guys who i was at music college with still now to this okay. day you know 15 17 years ago um and i think as far as the, I, I don't, I, this is going to come out si- sounding quite big headed, but I, but I don't want it to at all. I was, <laughs> no. as far as like theory was concerned, I was a complete, complete beginner, even though I'd have my, my cello uh, background and everything. Um, uh, I, it had all gone out the window by, by that point, And I was, all I was doing was, was learning by ear and, and I could, barely remember any theory so theory I was like bottom of the class um and but then the playing side of things Mm. even though I had these these funny uh, techniques that because I was self-taught and everything then but I was I was I was I was better than pretty much everyone in in the class better in in inverted commas there Um, yeah I could play anything that was put in front of me uh, at that standard that we were doing so I I got a little bit um uh bored of bored of the 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 um the course but what it did do was was open up some avenues to playing with people you know I played I played with some really cool people and did did some cool things but um with with what you said about the weddings and and, and parties and everything mm. absolutely it was something that i was used to uh, <laughs> yeah. because um i'd watch i'd watch my dad do it he played in in this rock and roll and blues band um uh with in fact i, I just mentioned in my cousin ollie his dad um is a really well known musician across the southeast he's called willie austin uh, if you've got any listeners down in the Sussex Surrey area I'm <laughs> sure they'll have seen his name somewhere yeah. um, and so my dad played bass for him and um sort of going back to my background of learning learning by ear I used to go and do gigs for for Ollie's Ollie's dad Willie um I, I when I was like I started doing being my dad Doing, doing this two I guess I'd, I'd grown up listening to these songs and three because I, I did learn by ear I'd be in pubs at the age of 15 and Willie would start up a song that I'd never heard before let alone played and I felt like I was able to just just work, work it out or blag, blag my way along yeah. until until, you know, I felt completely comfortable. And usually, I mean, it's not, you know, it's rock and roll and blues. So, or m- mainly rock and roll and blues. So it's not like it's jazz, you know, really intense jazz pieces. So, But it meant that I had the confidence to to go and do it. And I think just knowing from that course, getting that the bits of theory that I got from it made me feel a lot more confident just going and doing those sort of blagging
0: things as well. <laughs> yeah, um,
1: yeah. But, yeah, the, ma- the main thing that I got from it was was, uh, was the, the network, again, of people I still mm. speak to now, still still do some music things with now, which has been incredible, unbelievable, really.
0: Oh, exactly. So in 2007, you joined a band called Mr. Flynn, and yeah. this is where you decided to approach writing more seriously. What sort of band was it, and were you the main songwriter?
1: um yeah so it was it was mr finn actually N- oh mr uh, finn and mr finn yeah yeah it, it was a character in a book that our singer carly was uh was was reading about at the time but okay. um uh so it's do you, um it was almost like a a more english version of no doubt i think that's quite a cool. fair okay. way of describing right? it yeah yeah, yeah. um it was really fun. It was really, really, really fun. So I, I was playing in a functions band in a in a wedding band with Dean, the guitarist, and he came to me one day and he said, "Oh, I've, I've put together this thing with my friend Carly. She's she's a wicked songwriter. We've we've been we've been playing some music. Do you want to come and play bass for it?" So I said, "Yeah, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll come along. See if see if I fit." Um, and so I came up with some bass lines, and, and we all got along really, really, really well. And they say, oh, great. Um, This is really cool. We need we need a drummer. And so I said, oh, well, my my pal Johnny Aves, uh, he might be interested. So I asked Johnny and it was right up his street. And so we we um, we did that together for around about a year. We were we were just we were only playing songs that Dean and Carly had written. Um, And they are incredible songs. Unfortunately, they're not up. Anywhere, but um we did funnily enough, all, we all got on a WhatsApp group together the other day and said, Oh, it'd be really cool to get in a room and bash out these songs and, yeah. uh, and record them somewhere. So we may well do that at some point. So oh, that would um, be cool. Keep your eyes peeled for yeah, for maybe in about 2025, then you might see some Mr. Finn songs <laughs> kicking around. Nice. Somewhere. Um so <laughs> yeah, so no, I wasn't I wasn't the main songwriter. Um, okay. Dean and Carly were. Um, but I did. I did start to bring some some of my ideas there, and and I was I was writing on the bass, and I was I was able to sort of go. Oh, why didn't you try this? Because um, I'd, I'd sort of taught myself uh, how to play guitar as, as yeah. well, and 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 sing too. So I was a, I was able to to say, oh, can you can you try this? Try a G there instead of an A minor. What whatever the th- the things might have been. Yeah. Um, and I, and I did start to bring uh, my ideas to it. Um, and then, unfortunately, and well, not not unfortunately for the band, not unfortunately for personal circumstances, but the band came to an end when um, when Carly uh, Carly got Carly and her husband Johnny were were expecting their first baby, and Carly Aww. said, I, "I don't want to do this anymore." And yeah. and you know, we we were all made up for her, but um, but it meant meant the end of Mr. Finn, unfortunately. Oh but, no! But after our whatsapp conversation maybe maybe it wasn't the end maybe it's just uh, a oh
0: yeah oh please keep us posted i'd love to hear that yeah i will sounds really cool (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) so was it after that that you went on to study your ba degree in songwriting is that right
1: that's yeah that's that that is absolutely right Um, yeah so I did that in 2012 to 2015 so by that point I was I was fairly established um certainly in the live sector of Mm -hmm. of session playing um um and I was doing that full time um as in I was going out five six seven nights a week
0: wow playing
1: gigs um uh, and that would either be on bass for someone else, or on on guitar for a, for, a, for a band, or or me just singing and playing acoustic in front of a pub of people, whatever. Yeah. Um, or you know a, a, a festival for for someone. Um, and so I was doing that full time whilst I was doing this degree. Now the the degree that I started in was actually bass guitar, and it was there that I really quickly went why why am I doing why am I doing this I'm Mm. I've I'm already a professional bass player if you like or a Mm -hmm. professional bass player and guitarist and I'm a professional musician I have never needed to do any of the stuff they're teaching me I've never I've never once needed it on a gig I've never needed to to be able to play slap bass guitar at 180 bpm I, never once and I was and so I just thought what is what what am I what am I doing here <laughs> and I realized that rather than going home and practicing those scales or those techniques where I I you all these things that are very impressive and everything but they're only impressive to a handful of people that, yeah. that could even care slightly about it instead I was going home getting on the laptop and making music and and writing lyrics and and just make making some cool things. Yeah. Um, and so I, I I went through this whole thing. Yeah. I was I was twenty five by this point as well. So I wasn't. It wasn't like I was like a seventeen year old kid that wasn't sure what to do with his life. I was. Like, I know. I know. It's. I, I'm doing this to further myself. I'm not doing it to uh, because it's a box I need to tick. I'm I'm doing this degree because I I want to be be better and do do better things and so i i ended up they did a song they do a songwriting degree which covers everything from songwriting to production and so i i changed to that um and uh sorry i've just hit the mic uh and yeah it was it was really good again the the i think the most i got from got out from it was the the people um mm. and i carry on working with those people now um in fact i've just just uh today been speaking with a pal of mine who was on that course with me um she's a she's an amazing songwriter over in ireland um but i think i think with any with any of these things if anyone here is considering going and doing a a, a course in something they love it's not everything in it is going to be for 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 you so rather than thinking like oh God, this is rubbish i don't i don't like this at all, or whatever <laughs> which some people did on the course they were like oh i wish i hadn't done this. this is a waste waste of time which is is ridiculous because there's always something to learn and, absolutely and learn, no matter what you're doing um but uh if you can get if you can get a few contacts out of it and Mm -hmm. and work with people and be creative with those people or or what, you know, even if it's not a creative degree that you or course that you're trying to do, if it's, if it's something else entirely, then just that, that, I think that's the most important thing from, from, from these, from these things. Yeah,
0: absolutely. I think even with me, I, my, most recent degree was a master's in applied theatre and I'm not working within a theatre now which to be honest I'm a little bit glad about because I probably wouldn't have a job (laughs) right now if I was um so but I took so many other things out from it I mean it, it taught me discipline because um, it taught me um, and also it allowed me to believe in myself because I was put down so much in school and kind of made to feel like you know I was stupid or I I couldn't like write or read or anything like that it kind of
1: Right.
0: right it kind of allowed me to open my eyes and to believe in myself like in and it's so cheesy for me to say but like I literally (laughs) never knew. Like I thought, okay, maybe I just can't do these things. Maybe I'm just not good at writing, but going and having those experiences and, and actually going to uni and going on to study a master's, which I never imagined. Um, I took so much Mm. out of it. And like you said, you know, you might thought you might have thought some of the things in the course, you know, were, you know, a bit, boring or whatever but you know there's other things that you can take from it and contacts as well I've met some amazing people who I'm still in contact with from uni and you can even collaborate with them in the future you know you never know what that could bring so completely agree with you on that one so yeah thank you so much for kind of sharing that as well so yeah (laughs) As mentioned, you uh, refer to yourself as a jack of all trades and a master Mm -hmm. of none. And I love this because, you know, as I've just been speaking about, I believe that we're always continuously learning. But you're essentially a multi-instrumentalist producer or a musician. (laughs) What other hats do you wear? Can you tell us a little bit more about what else you do?
1: Apart well, from, I mean yeah. I think I think I the yeah there, there's there's absolutely no people get the gist of what I do now surely I play a lot of <laughs> music that's that's kind that's kind of it but I, I've been I've been self-employed uh, my entire adult life and so I think it's probably more important to talk about less about less about the music side of things but yeah. you have to be you have to be uh, your own office of mm-hmm. uh, you know where where these people have offices of the of people that only specialize in accounting or only specialize in marketing or only specialize in in uh customer service or whatever you you have to do all, all like the legal side of things anything like that you have to learn all of these things so i, everything. I wear the hat of everything yeah yeah <laughs> everything um which i don't like at all my, my partner libby will will tell you that admin is causes me more stress and headaches uh. than than anything else so i can create all day long no problem love it absolutely love it and I, I i can sit in front of the piano or a guitar whatever and and just make 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 no problem get me to do five minutes of admin and i'm like oh god <laughs> this is awful um <laughs> yeah um yeah so i think i think that those are the hats that i wear and also well well another big hat is we, we've we got an 18 month old boy as well so um, so you know th- there's the dad hat as well um yeah yeah that's a big hat to wear that
0: is a big hat to wear it is <laughs> yeah oh cute <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You've worked on some pretty impressive productions that have been featured on major networks like BBC, Channel Four, Film Four, Discovery Network, and Netflix to name a few. Can you tell us a little bit about some of the productions or maybe your favorite some of your favorite productions that you've kind of worked yeah, on?
1: Yeah, okay. I'll I'll tell you um I'll tell you about my favorite one because mm. it always gets a bit of a laugh from people. Um, <laughs> I, um so I I've had a, a I had a couple of piece, pieces of music um used on uh it was a it was a <laughs> short docu- each documentary was about six or seven minutes long mm-hmm. um or each episode of, of the documentary was was about that long and it was called the highs and lows of the weed business
0: oh uh, no way
1: yeah <laughs> yeah and it was a great series and the producer um it was totally lovely. And a I a couple of my songs ended up being used on that. And what was what what I liked most about it was was um I really enjoyed the 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 series anyway. It was all about the 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 legalization of weed across a lot of America. Yeah. Um but what I really liked about it was that it used two very different pieces of of my music one was a solo piano piece that was you know quite melancholic and then the other one was this rock song that I've got so that it was really nice having two contrasting pieces yeah used, used on, on those um so yeah I think that was my favorite one um but then <laughs> I've, I've, I've also like I've produced and mixed uh, uh music that's appeared all, all over the place so yeah Discovery and and Netflix and things like that so it's always really nice when um something any any even if I've only had a tiny little part in it or if I played bass or something or whatever if that ever ends up on something like that it's always really cool I always enjoy that
0: yeah definitely just to get the recognition because you know you make it sound easy but there's a lot of work that goes into this (laughs) so um Yeah. yeah it should be you should be proud
1: yeah yeah I am proud I think I'm more proud of things like that than I am of of the majority of other things that i do if 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 it appears on tv i'm always like yay this is wicked yeah. i love what i do
0: oh <laughs> is that the most uh, would you say that you know you really enjoy that the most about the projects that you do or what what sort of projects do you like working yeah. on the best
1: as far as me as a composer and a songwriter goes that is absolutely the favorite my favorite thing to do is 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 do things to do with tv and film that that i I love it i absolutely love it um yeah yeah that that's
0: that's the best thing that's that's
1: the that's for for me that's the most enjoyable thing and it's kind of like a culmination of everything that i do as well so i produce Mm. a bit i mix a bit i master i play several instruments as i've said jack of all trades master of none i haven't mastered any one single thing but i'm not ashamed of that because it means that i can do if someone wants a uh uh, lo-fi hip-hop track in uh, that needs to be a minute and a half long um and it needs to have a p- an original piano thing played and it needs to have a bit of drums on it and it but it needs to sound like this but it needs to have a synth i can do it i i, I can do it I, i'm not i'm not the the best on any one of those things to do it but mm-hmm. i i can as a one-man band do that um brilliant so yeah yeah that that's that's always pretty pretty fun i enjoy that
0: And what musicians do you enjoy collaborating with um, the most? Is there anyone you've worked with before or who you would love to work with if you get a chance?
1: Um, Other musicians I like working with. I I, I more often than not work with solo singer-songwriters in various genres and that's always really nice and again it's because i'm i'm someone that can just jump on an instrument and play it again not to the best (laughs) not not better than any anyone else absolutely far from it um but i but it just means that the creative side of things is is quite easy without the cost for them because for for a solo singer songwriter to get a whole band of musicians in plus the recording studio fee plus recording engineer fee and uh you know so everything that might come yeah. with that that's going to cost a hell of a lot of money whereas someone that just hires me to do to do those mm-hmm. things is it's going to cost a tenth of of that overall um so that's kind that's kind of what i do most of the time okay. but i actually really enjoy um there's there's a band I've worked with called True Strays who are they're like a duo uh, songwriting team. They're based in Bristol. They're they're fantastic, and we're we're working on an album at the moment. And they got me in purely to produce, and um, I mean that in like the traditional sense of the term. So to be a music producer, I, I, it was almost like being the uh, a film's director, if you like. Like wow. I'm, I'm the one. I was I was the one that that was suggesting drum patterns to play or saying to the bass player no just keep it keep it simple in this verse you're taking away from the from the vocal too much or like Mm -hmm. telling the singer to to no don't go for it yet you there there needs to be a payoff in the in the chorus and and if you go go to this note too high too early then there's suddenly nowhere for it to go and blah, blah blah um that was that's really fun that that's like that's getting that's such a creative environment mm. to be in and we 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 worked together in a studio for I think it was like 10 days together um just getting all of these songs down for an album and, and we're still we're still working on it actually um because we did that in February last year so February 2020 and then obviously the whole country went into yep. lockdown so everything <laughs> had to go, go on pause but um but loved doing that and would love to do more of that. So yeah, any, any songwriters that that are, that are in a, in a, in a room with, with a band um, and I'm able to be the, the director. Yeah. That'd be fantastic. Especially if it's like Leanne La Havas or someone like that. Yeah. She's great. If you're you're listening, Leanne, just get in touch.
0: Yeah. Get in touch, Leanne. Yeah. (laughs) I want to speak to you as well because I love her music. (laughs) No, but I can hear the passion in your voice when yeah, I can hear the passion in your voice when you kind of talk about that. So you can tell that, that that's you're in your element completely when when you're, totally. when you're doing totally. jobs like that. Okay, brilliant. Yeah. So um yeah. I really admire the fact that you created a book. Um music for um, production for songwriters um, and artists and it's free to download from Mm. your website and i think this is so generous of you so what's the book about who's it for and why did you decide to write it
1: okay cool so um the book is about the entire process that you might go from uh not 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 how to write a song that's not what that's not what it is Mm -hmm. it's once you've written a song or you've or you've written a verse and a chorus say say to your song how does it go from that to what you hear on on the radio or on spotify or or whatever Mm -hmm. um because i do work across that whole spectrum i thought I'm answering the same questions when, when people get in touch with me to see if I, if, if we're a good fit for working together or whatever, or they're, or they're just getting, getting in touch to ask me questions as, as uh, uh, somewhat of a, of an expert, I guess. Um, Then uh, I was answering the same questions over and over (laughs) and over and over and over over again. And, and I ended up thinking like, there must be an easy way for me to, (laughs) to, get this across or like or or point someone in the direction of a book that explains this and I was never actually able to find um a book or a or a youtube series or anything not without people wanting you to pay a bucket mm. load of money for it um so I just I thought I thought oh well I'm I'm just gonna I'm just gonna write it myself and I thought <laughs> oh, I'll just make it you know 20 pages or something of of the most most things that I get asked and it's turned into this like 74 page book i think resources at the end and and all sorts um so yeah it's it's that's that's the answer that's who it's for it's it's for people that have written a song it's about music production how to get your song from demo to to release and i decided to write it because i i thought that people should be able to know these things for free Hmm. rather than having to pay 50 quid for a well overpriced book on amazon that's so rare or whatever you know or, yeah. or 150 quid for a course that i've seen people say oh this is how you get your song from here to this <laughs> it's it's just crazy you don't need to pay that money <sighs> just,
0: yeah i hate yeah. that i hate yeah. that yeah so, um yeah, no, that's that's amazing that you did that. Uh, so I think a lot of people probably appreciate that. So, guys, if anyone's cool. listening and you're thinking about, <laughs> you know, uh, music production and you're a songwriter or an artist, do head over to um, Tom's website. So now <laughs> moving on to my favourite part of the show, which is yes. pets. So you're yes. a human parent, or porrent, as I like to yes, say, it. <laughs> uh, yes. to a wonderful blue staffy dog called Star Pig. Yes. Can you tell us a little bit more about her?
1: Of course. Well, I think the first thing to do is address the name Star Yes, Pig. Um so we <laughs> we rescued her from the Blue Cross. Um uh when we were living in Sirencester in Gloucestershire at the time, and we yeah. uh we rescued her from from the from the Blue Cross and she was she was just called Star. And um but me and Libby didn't like the name Star, so but we couldn't think of another another <laughs> thing to call her, and with the amount that she like grunts and groans she she can sound a little bit like a pig uh, so instead <laughs> of calling her anything else, we just added pig on the end. I think we'd sort of done that within a couple of days. we thought star pig was quite a quite a unique name um mm-hmm. so that's how she's ended up with that name we yeah we got her from the blue cross um we were we'll look or i've never owned a dog before i love love dogs but i'd never owned one before libby has okay um, and she so she was like oh, i want a small dog that's uh preferably a male because i think they're a bit easier to to deal with blah blah blah, blah. Mm. and so we were looking at all these things and then one day we only went and saw one other dog and um and he he wasn't right poor poor little thing he needed like loads of attention proper training all day every day and and um we couldn't we couldn't give give this this little dog that um but we i came across star pig on the blue cross website and it was like everything that we didn't want she's 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 (laughs) big and when we got her she was well overweight as well oh really um yeah yeah she was like a barrel and um and she was six we were looking for quite a young dog but she was six when we got her and um uh yeah she's she's quite big so everything that we weren't looking for but within two minutes of knowing her we were like oh she's amazing she's she's so yeah we we got star pig
0: oh Oh, so cute Such a cute story And the Blue Cross Are brilliant They do so much Don't they um, yeah. I think it's wonderful What they do for, for rescue animals And I'm so glad That you okay. chose To um, adopt A rescue animal um, Because You know A lot of people Who haven't had You know Pets before Do sometimes Make the mistake Of uh, going to Well not a mistake But they They go to a breeder Because mm. they They don't think About the option Of that's not the first kind of thing they think in their minds to to go and rescue for a rescue animal um I don't know if it's because they might think that you know if they get a rescue animal that they might have you know problems or like you know might be nervous or other kind of difficulties but honestly I encourage so many people to um to go for yeah. rescue animals rather than to a breeder um, which can be oh, you know quite detrimental to to animals then, um do I you have yes yeah,
1: Oh, sorry. Well, no. I was just going to say, especially with Staffies and and yeah, all, yeah. all breeds, there, there, there's so many of them in so many in care, and some some of them are have been treated badly, and mm-hmm. they will need a hell of a lot of attention. But that's not their fault. That is absolutely not no. their fault. It's and and they Starpig hasn't couldn't give you any more love. Um, oh, and, uh, any any Staffie, I've I, I,
0: yeah, I, me too. They're,
1: they're, they're so, so
0: yeah. Fun. They're so fun. There's like this, you know, misconception that, you know, they're they're fighting dogs or they're aggressive yeah. and people get worried if like children are around them. But honestly, oh. Staffies, um, I think it was one of my good friends. Her cousin had a Staffie um, and this is the and that Staffie was the first time I've ever seen a dog smile. Um, I Aww. never knew that dogs could smile like that, and then I was just obsessed with him so cute. So, uh, yeah, they're they're lovely, they're a lovely breed of yeah. dogs. So, Aww. do you have any funny or heartwarming stories to share about Star Pig with us? Oh
1: man, I've got I've got loads, so many. I'll tell you one that's the, that's the, the most recent. She's um, okay she's 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 11 now and or nearly 11 actually and so she's getting a bit creaky well not getting but she is Aww. a bit creaky and, <laughs> um struggles a little bit and um you know it takes her a long time to mm. get up on the sofa or anything the other day i was sick i was i was sitting down having a cup of tea um what with with my son bugsy and Aww. and he um and we, we were just re- reading a book or something and she just out of nowhere we we've got a a box that's i don't know maybe two and a half foot high something like that and it had it's got some blankets in that we can just put on the sofa or whatever Mm -hmm. and the lid the lid was off it's tiny little box it's only like one and a half feet by one and a half feet and and about two and a half feet high and she just out of nowhere just clambered in no problem (laughs) and was was sat in that box like a cat like an actual no you know just the house cat just yeah. sat there, quite happy. She stayed there for hours, hours and hours, just <laughs> sitting in the sun, having having a laugh. It was it was great. Oh,
0: so cute! Would Aww. you say that Star Pig has contributed to your own well being so far? And if so, how?
1: Massively, massively, Aww. massively. Um, I think for one, uh, just from a from from my point of view, I would never have been as confident in upcoming fatherhood as <laughs> if I hadn't had star pig at all um uh because you know I, I'd already looked after a thing for the first time in my life yeah I, and uh well not you know I'd have pets when I was a kid but as, as an adult I'd, I'd looked after after star pig and and so it made it made the thought of having a child to look after much more um much less nerve wracking mm. if if i hadn't had a but equally like um i'm sure you you understand this as well but it's really easy being a being a freelancer especially in a creative industry um i i can and sometimes do uh still still now sit in front of the computer working from first thing in the morning until last thing at night but yeah. with star pig I, i'm not i can't do that i have to go out for a walk um, mm. i have to take her out and, and 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 i do a couple of times a day um uh, if not three times a day when 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 we can or if she's not if she's not uh limping too much from uh, oncoming arthritis and things like Aww. that um so yeah that that's really great i've always been quite an active person I go, and i go running quite a lot but it just means it means that like i have to go out yes and and, and do that and it's it, that's it's great i can i can have been sat in the same position uh, clicking the same things editing something for for four hours non and mm-hmm. it's only when i'm like oh man we need to go out for a walk uh, you mm-hmm. know and, and i'm like oh, it's that time it's time for a walk and it's amazing the, the good that it does does feel for for anyone that needs to do it absolutely
0: absolutely especially during the lockdown where you're kind of just inside and you know you're right about you know being a freelancer and working all day sometimes you can even forget to eat and it's just like you know you're so busy you're so immersed into what you're doing you just forget these basic things these basic human things that you need and just having a pet i think we can learn so much from them as well you know you know we should learn to take our breaks from pets because you know cats yeah. and dogs alike they they know how to rest they know how to take a break oh, so yeah. <laughs> so um yeah. Yeah, we could definitely learn a and lot to from just be them.
1: silly as well yeah exactly yeah. So just, exactly just have a bit of fun they're, they're always yeah. they
0: just, just want to play all the time yeah right? it's great Love it. exactly oh so what does Star Pig like doing when she goes out on walks with you? And um, where are some of the places that you like to take her?
1: Well, she. So we we don't know an awful lot about her background. Um, okay. She didn't come from from an abusive home or anything, but she didn't have any interaction with other dogs apart from the other Staffy that she lived with.
0: Ah.
1: Um, and so she's a, she's a, she just she all she's interested in is not seeing other dogs so that that's and her being a staffy people people are are um you know a, a little bit wary of her and stuff so mm. walking her around and about especially when she's on the lead and especially now that we've got she's she's so protective over bugsy she she'll she, she'll she she will just she won't she won't ever do anything but she's just like i don't want to be i don't want to see another dog like i just she doesn't want to see other dogs at all unless yeah. it's puppies. she loves puppies oh, okay um, so so we try we if she's always been like this it's it dogs she knows she's fine like pals of ours dogs she's fine with and, and everything but she's always always been like this so um whenever whenever we can because we live so close to the beach we take her to the beach and she loves it she can be off the lead there and just run and run and run and run and run and she loves it she goes she she goes in the water and has a has a great old time so um yeah she she's um that's her favorite place that is absolutely her favorite place (laughs) um she's not so she's not so good if we come across another dog she as as i say she just wants to cross the road go on the other side of the road and and just not see them yeah. um so that it can be a bit difficult at times but um but she's she's she wouldn't hurt a fly she really wouldn't yeah um, and she loves cats as well oh she okay a cat i think yeah, yeah she grew <laughs> up in a house with five other cats so, ah. uh, so I think she, just, she just is a cat at heart really dog cat yeah
0: yeah <laughs> she sounds adorable honestly you'll have to send some photos <laughs> and videos of her I'd oh, Absolutely, love, yeah, love yeah. to see um yeah. if she was a person because I haven't asked this question before but I've always been <laughs> I've always wanted to ask people what kind of person do you think star pig would be like if she was a person oh my
1: word <laughs> if she was a person she'd be she'd be an idiot definitely. <laughs> definitely she's not in the room now so she can't yeah hear me, yeah so yeah this, she won't be offended um <laughs> a love a lovely idiot that's oh. all that's that's it
0: those I'm are the best people as
1: well yeah.
0: yeah. Oh, yeah, good foodie. Yeah. Love it. <laughs> oh. So thank you so, so much for um oh, no worry. Honestly, I wasn't feeling too well as mentioned uh, oh, offline, yeah. but just talking yeah. to you, honestly, I've been smiling so much and laughing. Oh and cool. It's been, yeah, Ooh. really lovely. So thank you so much. Ooh. Um oh, no lovely worries. To you. So <laughs> lastly if the listeners want to find out a little bit more about you where can they find you
1: okay so we've we've already chatted about this over email i'm like yeah. i have a bit of a hate hate relationship with uh with <laughs> social media yeah completely fine um, yeah um but i am i am there um i'm i'm at produced by coops so p r o d u c e d b y c o o p s um, so yeah at produced by coops um my production website is uh tom and i'm about to um to launch a, a, a dedicated composition and songwriting um uh website and, okay. and library of my music as well so I, ha- I haven't actually got got that set up so maybe um before this goes out i'll, I'll let you know what that is brilliant and, and you could share it with with everyone at the end or something but yes um but yeah, or or just just send me an email. Um it's Tom B. producer at gmail.com. Um that's you're you're more likely to get me on there than than Instagram because I, I just don't I just don't check it. I don't yeah. enjoy it really. So yeah. yeah. Um, um yeah, that that might be that might be the best thing to do, I reckon.
0: Brilliant, and Tom is really responsive, guys. So do feel free uh, to send over an email. I'm sure he'll get back to you in a due course. But yes, thank you again, Tom. It's been lovely. So thank I you. hope you have a nice rest of the day. Okay, yeah, bye. You, I feel better. Oh, thank you. I'll see ya. Bye. <laughs>